0: Hello and welcome to People of Note on this Sunday evening. Always great to have your company. Thank you for listening. People of Note is a program in which I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. My guest this Sunday is Susan Swanepoel, who for many years has been an accompanist. She's a behind-the-scenes person in opera in Pretoria, where she's been for many years, but in the wider scene also in South Africa with international singing competitions, with the Black Tie Ensemble, and so on. Welcome to the program.
1: Thank you very much, Richard. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Well, it's a great privilege for us to have you here. And your career has certainly taken you all over the world. You start, though, in Pretoria, did you?
1: No. I was born actually in Fixburg in the Free State, but we moved to Krugersdorp when I was very small, and I grew up in Krugersdorp, went to Monument High School, and from there I went to Pretoria.
0: You see, Monument High School has produced a lot of interesting people over the years, <laughs> yes. and still does, I think. Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes, yes. Yeah. One of our former presidents, uh, uh, de Klerk, yes. w- I went to Monument High School. Gosh, yeah,
0: And I know uh, they've got a very good music tradition there and a go- very good choir. Yes. yes. yes did yes. they in your day too?
1: Yes, yes. That's where I started playing. I could never sing in the choir. I always had to accompany.
0: So someone made sure that you did your practicing at home.
1: Oh, for sure. But I also loved practicing. I, I practiced two hours a day piano. And when I started organ, I practiced one hour organ also. I just fit it in.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was what turned you on.
1: That's what turned me on. It's yes,
0: fantastic. And and you've been when I say at the introduction that you were behind the scenes person. You really are repetiteur. Yes. Which and for our listeners, please just explain that expression repetiteur because yeah. it's an important one.
1: The, the the repetiteur in an opera is the person who teaches the singers their roles. And everything about their roles I have to teach them the music the melody line the language I have to be fluent in the languages and I have to help them to prepare their entrances everything to be able to go on stage when the conductor comes that they know what they have to do
0: and it's an interesting word because it's about repeating things until that's, people know it
1: that's right and sometimes you have to repeat a lot
0: <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Hence its name, yeah. repetiteur, the yeah. repeater yeah. of of training Ooh. and notes and yeah. so on. Yeah. So it's a very important part of any opera establishment, and a very important part in in singers' lives.
1: Yes. Yes. But and I I love doing it. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure in this interview we'll hear about some of the singers that you've worked about because there must yes. uh, worked with because yeah. there must be many, yeah. and we're going to begin. With a singer, this is a famous song by Schubert called Der Erlkönig.
1: Erlkönig, as you say, was one of my favorites, especially because it has the three voices, you know, that of the father, the child and the Erlkönig. And to be able to sing that, you have to be very flexible.
0: And it's a very dramatic song.
1: Very, very. And a very hard accompaniment.
0: Yeah. With all uh, uh, talking of repetiteur, that's just got a repeated figure the whole way through.
1: And it's in octaves most of the time. Very difficult.
0: So you develop a sort of stiff right hand.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen, because I've watched uh, many accompanists play it, and sometimes they... They have to fudge it to make it happen because it's
1: just so stressful. That's what you do. When the left hand can help, you just help with the left hand. And otherwise, you you will never make it. Yeah.
0: You will never make it. I've seen very, very good pianists Mm. sort of helping, you know, the one hand.
1: Even Gerald Moore. He does it too.
0: Yeah, and he he's a very, very famous accompanist. He's written that wonderful book called yes. Am I Too Loud? Yes,
1: yeah. yes, yes, yes. I've read the book. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I'm sure over the years you've been accompanying, I mean, I, I can't imagine how many years, if you started at school, mm, you've yeah. been accompanying your whole
1: life. Yes. So yes. you've
0: worked with a lot of interesting people.
1: Yes, I have, yeah. But you know what? I would, my, my main passion is the lead. I would, If I could do that every day of my life, I would be delighted. But, of course, there's no market for it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Isn't that sad? Uh, there was a time when we used to do lead recitals here. That's right. Yeah. But they've gone, really. They've gone. Yeah. They've
1: gone. There was a time when Mimi Kootse had that Andi Musique. And that there I played also a lot. But that's also not happening anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but talking of Mimi uh, brings up, uh, the, the wonderful aria from the Brahms Requiem, Yeah. it's uh, the the number five yeah. in the Brahms Requiem for soprano and chorus. Let's listen to that. Okay. That was the great one soprano yeah. aria in mm-hmm. the Brahms Requiem yeah. and that was it. The choice of Suzanne Swanepoel, who's my guest in People of Note. She is has been for many years a repetiteur in Pretoria. She worked with the Black Tie Ensemble and with the International Singing Competition. But perhaps just let's go back a bit. Once you'd finished school, where did you study?
1: I went, I was actually taught in Krugestorp by a person, his name was Willem Matliener. He then just started a conservatoire for music in Pretoria, which was wonderful. Uh, Unfortunately, it's also not there anymore. But they, we learned so many pieces. I remember for my final exam, except the, the, the Greek concerto I had to play, I had to play about 240 pages of music. I had to learn it off by heart. We played a lot, and I think that's why... I'm able to play because I played such a lot. Even when I was a child, he gave me so much music every week to study that it helps with your sight reading, with everything, with your development. And uh, that's where I studied. But I also did the UNISA licentiates when I was there. It was a five year course, three years. You had what they call the A diploma. And after Uh, Five years, it was more the concert diploma, and uh, that was in Pretoria.
0: And was that like a private conservatoire?
1: No, it was not private. I think it was sponsored by a church, but... it was. I don't know why it uh, closed down. Yeah, I but think it, it wasn't. Was
0: it, it was not a government institution. No, 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 no. no,
1: no not also not the university. But yes. we got all the the uh, uh, classes there: harmony and history and methods and everything. It was a good course. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, it closed down. Mm. I think about uh, it must be finances. Yeah. I think that was the problem. But
0: having finished there, then you went abroad.
1: Yes. Then I went to Cologne. And I studied there for three and a half years and I was in the master class studios with a professor and (laughs) I will always remember my first lesson. He gave me a Mozart Rondo to practice and a Chopin Etude and a Bach Prelude in Fugue in E-flat minor. (laughs) And I went home and I practiced and I came in the class the next week and he took my books And I was so confused. I said, my books? He said, well, didn't you memorize this? I said, in one week, all this music? He said, you don't come in my class with a book. You (laughs) go and memorize and you can come back.
0: That was music chosen by Susan Swanepoel, who's my guest in People of Note, one of the pieces that she had to play for her first lesson when she went to Cologne. (laughs) Gosh, that must have been quite stressful.
1: That was very stressful. I mean, just to, to learn the fugue, in f- a fugue in four parts, is already something. But memorizing it in that short time, well, I just had to sit at the piano and I had to work. That's all I could do. I had to practice and practice and practice the whole day.
0: Because memory is a very interesting thing. And people who are good sight readers, like you, That's find it perhaps more difficult to memorize. Yes. Yeah. Yes,
1: because you sight read it and but then you have to go down and you have to memorize every every everything there it's not very easy.
0: Let's just talk about this memory story because memory perhaps again listeners think that memorizing is just simply that memorizing and they are always baffled by pianists and violinists who can remember thousands of notes. Mm. But it's also a muscular
1: memory. Yes. Yeah. yes. Your
0: fingers get into the patterns. Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that is so true because sometimes your mind just wanders, but your fingers go on.
0: And they know what to do. They know
1: what to do. Yeah. yeah if you practiced well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting, though, it's that very, whole
0: process? It's yeah.
1: very interesting, the whole process yeah. of memorizing. Yeah.
0: But it must be incredibly good for your brain. That's oh. why music is so good for us. Susie. I
1: think so, and that's why I will play until the day that I'm not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good and, for the brain, yeah. And
0: as people know, musicians go on a long time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh, mu- musicians don't retire. Yeah.
0: And we've got good athletic brains. Yes. Yes.
1: That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Wise words there Ooh. from Susan Swanapool. Now I want to say that not only do you play the piano, but you're also an organist.
1: Yes. I also, I also studied organ from the age of 13 years. So I was always practicing organ and piano. When I went to Europe, I didn't practice the organ so much. But when I came back, I started playing again. And now I've been playing for more than 42 years in my church. That's
0: amazing. Which church is that?
1: That's the Reformed Church Al Pretoria. I'm um, actually what they say in Afrikaans a dopper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and you've played the whole repertoire on the organ as well.
1: Yes, I played a lot, a lot. I've got I've got so many pieces to play that I can go more than a year without repeating. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but one of your favorites is the Toccata. Let's just listen to the Vidor Toccata. Yeah. That was the Toccata in F from the Symphony No. 5 for organ by Charles-Marie Vidor. And that's a favorite piece, a showpiece for organists, which yes. I'm sure you've played for weddings and all yes. sorts of things. Yes, I've yeah. played for
1: weddings, but it's actually one of my son's favorites. So he always asks me, please play the Vidor. but then I must go and practice a little bit. Uh, that I can't just... Uh, play like that yeah. i have to practice yeah. because the, it's difficult also, it's very difficult a lot of notes a, a lot of notes for the hands and then uh somewhere at the end of the of the piece the 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 feet play in octaves yeah and that's not so easy
0: uh, so everything is going yeah and you're looking after all the registers the, the, and so that's
1: <laughs> right yeah that's right you have to look after everything and you've got to play
0: yeah, yeah. and as my wife always said uh Organists need to be multitaskers.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because yeah. uh, I found when, when I teach that it's hard for people uh, uh, to play pe- uh, the, the hands. It's not that easy. Yeah. I think it's the most difficult instrument.
0: <laughs> yeah. So amongst all these other things that you're doing, playing the organ at church, accompanying, playing concertos, you also find time to teach.
1: Yes. I've I've got piano students and uh, I do that mostly in the afternoons because I go now they ask me again at TUT to help out so I go in the morning to TUT and uh, I, I I rep there you know as a repetiteur and accompany the students and then in the afternoons I teach the piano I love teaching yeah
0: so do you ever go home. <laughs>
1: Fortunately, my studio is at home. Okay, well, that's that's that's, that's nice. So well, then I'm home. Yeah. It certainly keeps yeah. you busy, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: And here comes a piece by Chopin. Now, this is the Ballade number three for piano. Do you ever give piano recitals?
1: Well, I I once gave a piano recital and I played all four the ballads. That was even before I got married, and uh, uh, then I started t- to to. Uh, To accompany so much that I started that I said, now I'm not going to play solo piano anymore. I will work with singers because I love singers. I actually wanted to be a singer, but uh, I was accompanying so much. So I thought, well, play the piano and work with singers. That's then you then you do both. Actually, so
0: here comes the Chopin Ballade number three for piano. That was the Chopin Ballade number 3 for piano, the choice of Susan Swanepoel, who's my guest in People of Note. You've talked a lot about singers that you've accompanied now. And I guess while you were overseas, you were accompanying there. But it's really since you came back to South Africa that you've made uh, a sort of business, not a business, but yeah. a trade out of accompanying people.
1: Yes, yes. I just I just do that, and I just love that. Yeah, yeah. and
0: and I've heard you on many occasions accompanying uh, singers, ensembles, concerts. Yes, uh, and it's it's a, a such an important part. But as as uh, accompanists say, they they are sort of in the background. Yeah, and people take them for granted.
1: Yes, but you know, when I was in Germany, uh, I was in this class which they called the leet. Gestaltung. So there I just accompanied leader, and I also did a competition there and it was uh, actually about the singer and the piano because they said you're partners. One is not more important than the other one and I love that. That's why I love the lead so much. The professor was so wonderful you know he always said you are just as important as the singer although the audience don't think that.
0: Well, and very often the piano, let's say in a, a Schubert or Schumann cycle, has a role to play in the story oh, as well, yes. which is oh, very important.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. For and example,
0: Die schone Müllerin.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I played the whole cycle when yeah. I was in Germany. Or Winterreise, yeah. any, Winterreise any of those. Yeah. Any of them, because the atmosphere comes from the piano. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's amazing. So people must never think the pianist is second and the pianist is also important.
0: Just as important. Just
1: as important. And if you accompany uh, any opera aria, you are actually the orchestra. And I always try to be like the orchestra so that the singers have the support for that.
0: So let's listen to some Donizetti now. This is... With orchestral accompaniment, this is the mad scene from Lucia de Lammermoor. But you can imagine this orchestral score being reduced just for one piano. Listen to this. That was the mad scene from Lucia de Lammermoor by Donizetti, and it's the choice of Suzanne Swanepoel. And I just have to say that another. Brilliant skill of accompanists is the ability to make the piano sound like an orchestra, yes. but also to play all the notes that are written there. And very often, you are rearranging as you're yes. going along.
1: Yeah, you must do that. You can't, you can't play all the instruments. So, but you get very good uh, uh, reductions for for piano, and but you still have to have a lot of technique to play it. And how? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah,
0: because it's really um, sort of virtuoso stuff that you're playing.
1: Yes, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. A lot of it is very hard. And, of course,
0: you have to adapt to each singer.
1: Of course, yes. Yes, you have to adapt. And sometimes you have to help them. You know, I often write in my score, help. (laughs) Then (laughs) I help them.
0: Yeah, but helping them also in another way, because with all your years' experience, you know how these various arias go. So when you're dealing yeah. with young singers, yeah. you can definitely help them in another way yes. by telling them, you know, how these songs go.
1: That's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do. And I can always say I, I worked th- this opera with that and that uh, conductor or with many conductors like La Traviata. I think I played under four conductors. You know, and then you can teach them. And we had one conductor, his name was Maestro Franchi, and his father was a singer, and his father worked with Puccini. And he gave me many tips, which Puccini gave his father, and told um, Maestro Franchi, and Franchi then told us, and taught us.
0: You know, there's another interesting thing here, because I remember watching performances by Franchi, which he did from memory.
1: Always, always. And
0: that was amazing to me also. Uh, these, you know, complete opera from memory, remembering how the different singers do it and so on. I think that's an amazing feat also. He,
1: I asked him one, I said, Maestro, how many operas can you conduct from memory? And he said, Ah, oh, about 45. And I thought that was that was a lot. I mean, to memorize everything,
0: or oh, to memorize even one. Yes, yeah. he
1: actually knows the score. He can say start at letter A or start at B, or he, by memory. By memory, yeah. he did everything by memory. He was always a little bit on the fast side. And uh, one day uh, he was playing something from Rattrayata. I said, Maestro, is that your tempo? He said, Not my tempo. This is the tempo. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't ask again. <laughs>
0: Now, earlier in the program, you talked about the fact that you had done a concerto when, when you were a student. Yes. Yeah. Wh- which concerto was that?
1: I played in Pretoria for my final exam. I played the Greek concerto. And for me, that was amazing. When the orchestra started behind me, it was, it, I cannot tell you, I still remember how I felt. It was something so fantastic.
0: You Can know? you remember who was <laughs> conducting?
1: I think it was Willem atleener himself. Yes. yes. So yeah. he
0: must have been quite a guy this Willem atleener. He Liener. was
1: quite a guy. He was a wonderful musician. He uh, he was also an organist. He didn't never played the piano that I can remember, but uh, <coughs> he play he he conducted that. But I also played in Germany for my final exam I had to play a concerto. I played a Mozart C minor. But it was then conducted. It was played by the students because there are so many students. They have their own orchestra and they have their conducting students and they had to conduct under the professor, of course, that I also played. And um, I also played the Schumann in, in Germany. Difficult, but I played it.
0: Well, we're going to hear the first movement from the Grieg Piano Concerto, which was the one you played here under Mm. Willem Matlena.
1: Yes. An evening of the world's most beautiful music on Classic 1027.
0: That was the first movement of the Grieg Piano Concerto. And the choice of Susan SwanaPool, who's my guest in People of Note, she's been a repetiteur at PACT and at TUT, the Transvaal.
1: It's the Tswani. It uh, yeah, the Tswani University but of it Technology. it started as the Technicons. Technicon. It, yes. it was, uh, when I worked there after I came uh, f- uh, from uh, Cologne, it was the Technicon. And then it changed to the Tswani University of Technology
0: names don't seem to matter, you just keep on working I
1: just keep on working <laughs> I just keep on working yeah
0: and it's wonderful and mm. are there many people like you in south Africa not enough i'm sure yeah,
1: i i don't i don't think there's enough people <laughs> sure, but there are people yeah. there are uh, at TUT, there's uh, Letitia orlandi she's and there's uh my friend uh eugene hubert they all they all accompany and uh Ferrera, uh, Ferreira, Paul Ferrera. Yeah. So but they, they they're younger. Yeah. <laughs> they're all up and coming up. and yeah. coming. Yeah yeah. <clears throat> yeah.
0: You are you've already been up now. Yes, yes yeah,
1: I think so <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so let's listen to Vesti la Giuba. This is from Leon Cavallo uh, from the opera I Pagliacci. That was Vesti la Giuba from the opera I Pagliacci by Leon Cavallo. The choice of Susan Swanepoel, who's my guest in People of Note. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. It's just about seven o'clock. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back after this. People of Note with Richard Cock. Welcome back to the second hour of People of Note on Classic 1027. And if you've just joined us, I'm talking to Susan Swanepoel, who's my guest for many years, she worked at PACT as a repetiteur at the Tswani University of Technology for the Black Tie Ensemble. And let's just talk about the Black Tie Ensemble. Yeah. I think that's a good place to start part two of this program.
1: Yes. The, the Black Tie Ensemble was founded by Niels Hansen and Mimi Kurze. Uh, they saw that opera was going down <clears throat> and the State Theater then just closed down and I lost my job of course but I was without a job for 5 hours. Then I <laughs> then I joined the Black Tie Ensemble. You got
0: the call from Mimi.
1: Uh, yes, yes. And they said, well, well, I was devastated when when it closed down and uh, well, I could immediately start with the Black Tie Ensemble and we had about 6 or 8 singers. And we performed a lot. And we actually did uh, operas as well. I can remember we did Lucia. We did Butterfly, Madame Butterfly. And uh, we traveled a lot. We traveled to to uh, uh, Austria. We had concerts there. We traveled to China and Hong Kong and all over the country. I mean, I can remember playing in Bloemfontein in Cape Town with a black tie ensemble. And Well, it put bread on the table for the singers and for everyone, you know, because we did a lot of corporate work as well. You did a program of 10 minutes or uh, 15 minutes, and people loved it.
0: So that filled the gap when Pact closed down. Yes, Yes, yes. And it kept opera going yes, for that time. Yes, yeah. for
1: that time, but uh, uh, there was not like the olden days that there were like six operas yes. a year. We worked in the State Theatre, and then uh, uh, at a stage it became Voice. Uh, they changed the name because then there also was not enough work anymore. Then it became shouting Opera, and uh, then there was just no money left, and we all were sent home. So uh, that's when I started doing my private thing, my, my studio at the house, at coaching and everything. <clears throat> my son made me a beautiful studio at, at, my, at his house. Actually, after my husband passed away, I sold my house and moved in there, and he made this beautiful studio where I can work.
0: Well, that's wonderful. And here's an excerpt from Rigoletto, which I'm sure you performed with those students.
1: Many times, many times.
0: That was La Donna Immobile from the opera Rigoletto.
1: That's right. La Donna <clears throat> plays a big role in my life. I remember when my kids were small, there was the singer Camera. Uh, and then the elder, uh, eldest child came home with a tape and they were playing this and i thought this boom 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 on la la uh, uh, on la donna i can't take that anymore and i took them to the lounge and i had a dvd and i played la donna and you know my children they were they were in <coughs> They were just, uh, they couldn't believe it. And my son said, Ma, your La Donna is 3,000 million times nicer than Camero's. And there they were hooked on opera forever. They went to all the productions in the State Theater. They just love it. Oh, well,
0: that's, a, that's <coughs> a wonderful story. You see, yeah. so the real thing is better than the pop version. Of yeah. course, of yeah.
1: course. And I always think you should. Teach your children from very small to listen to good music. And uh, then they learn. Then they love it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> well, ours have certainly heard music at home all the time. You yes. Know, that's that's yes. playing. And, yeah, and they still, my daughter tells a very funny story because I used to work uh, late at night because we all had day jobs. And then in the evenings, I had to study at home scores and so yes, on. Yes, yes. And she was always going to bed at that time. So as soon as she goes to a concert now, she falls asleep.
1: Oh, shame.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> she associates that sort of classical music yes. with when she went to bed. Yes. Isn't that funny? Yes, yeah. shame, yeah. I love yeah, that story. Yeah. So as soon as she goes to a concert, she's like a boof and she's
1: out. <laughs> and she sleeps, yeah. yeah. But
0: you must have worked on many different uh, operas. You said you'd worked with so many different conductors and some interesting singers. I'm sure you've worked with some great singers, too. Yes,
1: yes. Those who came to the State Theatre, they were really great ones. I can't even remember all their names, but great, great singers. But I worked also for the UNISA competitions, and there I met a lot of Great singers. Let's
0: talk about that in a moment, but we're going to listen to Regina Celi by Mascagni from Cavalleria Rusticana. That was the great aria and chorus, Regina Celi from. The opera Cavalleria Rusticana by Mascagni, the choice of Susan Swanapool, who's my guest in People of Note. Let's talk about the competitions now because that was <laughs> something new that started when in the 80s?
1: 80s. I think 82 was the first yeah. one. And I remember I had 15 candidates to play for.
0: But That's a lot of music. a
1: lot of music. And then the late Henry Hubert was still uh, the founder there. And he came to me. The, a competition was already uh, on on the go, and he came to me. And said, "Can I please give you one more?" And I said, "Okay." What is she singing? And it was Marion Moore, and she won the competition. I had to more or less sight read everything, like Cecily by Strauss and all those uh, hard things, and she sang the Tatella Notte. I will never forget that. It was so beautiful, beautiful. I didn't hear. Anything from her again. I, I, I don't know what happened to her, where she is, but uh, she won the first one. Then came the second one <coughs> and I played for Sumi jo. Now Sumi jo is world famous, but an interesting story. My, uh, after my, my eldest daughter worked at the State Theatre and when State Theatre closed down, she went to Taiwan to teach. And she's been in the Far East since then, but one day she said she was sitting there, and a program came up on the Asian television, and it was a jo, and Sumi Jo, then, played. They played an extract from her singing. At the UNISA competition with me playing, my daughter nearly fainted. She said, there's my mother. She's playing. Yeah. I think that was very nice of her to put that in her program. Yeah. Sumidjo. So she's still singing everywhere. And then the third competition, Alexandrina Beranchanska uh, uh, won. She also was a Russian singer, a Russian or somewhere there from the East Block. And also she sang, and she sang actually also the Mad Scene, and I accompanied that. And then the, f- the fourth competition, I didn't have somebody great, but the fifth one was won by uh, Park, uh, Francesca Park. And she came into my house, she sang the Doll Song and the, and the Mad Scene, and you know, she was just fabulous, and she also won. Yeah.
0: That was music by Offenbach, the choice of Susan Swanapool, who's my guest in People of Note on this Sunday evening. You're listening to Classic 1027. People of Note is the program with me, Richard Koch. We talked about the international singing competition, and that's does that still go on now?
1: Well, there was one last yeah. year, but they changed it a lot. Uh, Half of of the competition now is for jazz singers and half is for classical singers. And I don't know what happened, but there were nine South African singers and only three from abroad. And I thought that was not so international anymore. I played for a Russian singer. I thought she was very good, but she didn't make it after the second round. Uh, which I found very strange, and I was very sad about that because in the third round, I would have played Spring Waters, and, uh, well, I never got to do it. And I only played for two candidates, and the other one also fell out after the second round. So that was, for me, not very nice. But what is
0: interesting for you is, having watched these international competitions since, let's say, 1982, is the rise of the South African yes, opera singer. Yes. So just talk about that for a moment, you, how they've developed.
1: They have developed much. I cannot tell you the talent, the wonderful voices that there are at the TUT at this moment. And, well, they they are just... I actually played a concert in Shoshonguve on Saturday afternoon, and I just thought these singers, especially the black singers, they... They have these wonderful voices, and they love to sing. they want to sing opera, but there is not much opportunity, so they have these concerts, and they do them and the the audiences also love it you,
0: yeah and, and i've I've heard audiences when you when uh, singers sing, when they reach a high note, everyone cheers. They cheer. Yeah.
1: They cheer. I can tell you they cheer. They go. They, they, they just stand up and they yell and they go on. They really love it. So I I wonder why we don't have opera anymore. Yeah, it's, oh.
0: it's quite strange actually that we have these wonderful singers with natural voices and we have audiences that, that love it and yet there's not the the government support for it that there's we need
1: no government support yeah. I'm sorry to say so what happens they go overseas we have a lot of good singers there's pretty Yenda I saw her the other day in the movies in Elizier. she is absolutely fantastic but there are lots of them there are lots, lots of, of them, them yeah. if I look at them the students there but you know it's it's they must get an opportunity to get to Europe and that's not so easy. And then they have to compete against, against others. But there is, there is no reason why they can't.
0: However, it's wonderful that they do come back from time to time. Yes. Pretty comes back regularly. Yes. Uh, yes. Lots of them come yeah. back regularly. And to plow back here, yes. you know, to, to yeah. make sure that we have another generation of singers yes. coming up.
1: yes, yes. You know, Johann Boota was probably the first one. I knew him very well. He's also, he passed away and uh, he also came back and, but he could never sing in an opera yet. Yeah. There was never an opera opportunity he had to do concerts.
0: Yeah, well, he had a very particular type of voice—that yes. big, dramatic yes. tenor. Yes, yes. Uh, and maybe there are not so many roles appropriate for that because we seem to specialize more in the lyrical roles That's here in South right. Africa. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah,
1: we won't. Uh, we we won't put on a Wagner, or you know, people won't go yeah. because it's too unfamiliar. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Isn't that amazing? How a sort of taste for lyrical opera has developed here. Yes.
1: I always say if you take people the first time to the opera, take them to La Traviata or Madama Butterfly because that's then you get them hooked. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's listen to something from Madame Butterfly by Puccini. That was Unbeldi from Madame Butterfly by Puccini, the choice of Susan Swanepoel. Have you ever accompanied choirs? Is that a thing that you do?
1: I accompany choirs a lot. (laughs) I Actually, at the moment, I always on a Monday evening go to the Bach Chorus in Pretoria and I accompany them. How long
0: have you been doing that?
1: about 3 years oh really? i see not
0: not for 40 years no
1: not for 40 years i was actually the chorus master for the black tie ensemble then i had my own chorus uh, teaching them the chorus parts in 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 the concerts or the in the operas but now i'm playing for the bach chorus and we are doing the the bach A B minor mass on the 2nd of June. Sure, that's a difficult piece. It is so difficult. It is so difficult but it's of course a wonderful work. It
0: certainly is.
1: Yeah, but we've been practicing I think for a year. Because people only practice on a Monday evening and then they have sectionals on a Thursday evening where I'm not. But to put that together, but Gerben Groten is our conductor, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah, so he I think does. it will be great. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and that choir used to be run by Bruno Pyre, That's who I'm sure right. was an, yeah. an associate of yours. Yes,
1: he yeah. was. When I started uh, uh, at back just before, he was still there. I remember he had the most beautiful handwriting. He could write a score as if it was printed. Yeah, I He was the he, librarian. Wasn't he, he was the yes. librarian. Yeah. yeah, and he, I think, he started the the Bach Choir. But they're still going strong. Yeah, yeah.
0: Which is wonderful. Mm. And I'm sure you've done the Mozart Requiem in your time too.
1: I actually I did the Mozart Requiem with the ba- with the black ties. I was chorus master. I was repetiteur. I did. Everything and I love the Mozart Requiem for me, it's such a beautiful work, you know. S-
0: and of course, it contains the last 12 bars or so that he wrote in his life in the Lacrimosa. Yes, yes. On his deathbed, he wrote the Lacrimosa. Yes, and then his student, uh, Zusmeier had to finish it. That's for right. Him. So, That's let's right. listen to that. This is the Lacrimosa from the Requiem by Mozart. That was the Lacrimosa from the Requiem by Mozart. And I always find that moment in the Requiem, singing the Lacrimosa, actually very moving. Oh, When you think that Mozart died almost as he was writing it.
1: That's right, yeah. That's right. And uh, it's uh, to think that he was then thrown in a pauper's grave. For me, that is so sad, you know, and he was so young. I always think he was 35 when he died. If he lived for 10 years or 20 years more, what would he have written?
0: Yeah, but he'd already written so much. He had written
1: so much. And I can tell you, he is actually my favorite composer. (laughs) Oh, really? I love him. I love Mozart. Uh, uh, He's not my favorite to play, you know, but uh, he's just all over. He's my favorite.
0: Mine is Bach, I have Yo to
1: Yours Bach. Yes. Then you should come to the to the B minor the mass. B minor. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah.
0: the B minor mass I've sung in and I've performed. You've performed it's it, such yeah. a wonderful piece though. Oh. And so that's on on June the 2nd. That's which on is. June
1: the 2nd, so yeah. So
0: if you're listening to this program and you're available, where is it happening?
1: In UNISA, in the uh, 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 ZK Matthews ZK Hall. ZK
0: Matthews Hall no. on the 2nd of June. Yeah. So go to the B Minor Mass because you don't often hear it these days. No. So you must yeah. take these opportunities yes. to go and hear it. There you are. And are you doing the...
1: No, 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 no! I will just sit in the audience and listen. For after, a gen-
0: after a year's work,
1: after a year's you work, you deserve to sit yeah, back no, and listen. Yeah, I just sit and listen. Yeah. In
0: fact, when I listen to all the things you've done, you deserve to sit back a bit more and listen. <laughs> what do you, What do you do? I, I guess this is your work and your hobby. Mm-hmm. So, what do you enjoy doing when you're not doing music?
1: I sew. I sew more or less all my clothes. Yes? Yes. I sew everything and I sew for my granddaughters. I've got two. And uh, if I have really nothing to do, I will build a puzzle. <laughs> to keep the brain going. Yeah, to keep the yeah. brain going. And yeah. puzzles
0: are brilliant for that. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, yes, that's what I so do. So
0: you're never idle. Never. Never.
1: Never. I yeah. can't sit still. I, I I get frustrated when I haven't when I don't yeah. when I don't have anything to do. And
0: are there in your family, are there other musicians? I'm not I'm talking of your immediately like your brothers and sisters and in your children?
1: No. no. Uh, I can tell you uh, uh, my father played the concertina. that, But he was not a musician. I mean, he could play that by ear. My mother never played. My brothers and sisters, uh, my brother and sister, I only have a brother and sister, they took piano lessons. They were not interested. My children, uh, um, the eldest one was in China now, she played up till grade 8 but she preferred not to uh, perform she went into teaching she's a very good teacher They, uh, she and her husband they're English teachers but now they're in the IB schools in, in China but their little daughter she was born and when she was 18 months she sang perfectly in tune before she could talk she just started singing one day you know like dum Pum 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 Exactly in tune. She's very musical. And I've got two other grandchildren, uh, the little boy they hear. He is not interested, but the little girl, she's now two and a half, she also sings. Interesting. So, I think perhaps it will go to the next generation. Yeah, and
0: isn't it interesting? I mean, you say they're living in China. How... The, the Chinese and the people from the East, the Chinese, the Koreans, the Japanese, and so on, have taken to Western music also.
1: Oh, yes. I, I visited last year in, in Shanghai. I'm visiting again in June. But then my daughter took me to some of the scholars there. There was a little girl of nine. I listened to her. She played uh, a Czerny Etude, which I played when I was in great uh, in standard 10, metric.
0: And she was nine years old. She
1: was nine years old. And And it's a hectic
0: piece, I'm sure.
1: It's a very hectic piece. And I just stood there and I couldn't believe. But you know, those schools, they do everything for the children. They have these concerts. And I I watched a video. Amazing. Amazing what they do.
0: Let's listen to an etude to give you an idea of what the nine-year-olds can do. That was an etude, just to give you an idea of the difficulties. Etudes, by the way, are studies for some particular aspect of playing that needs attention. So they, they sort of hammer on one particular
1: that's aspect right. of playing that's right you can practice your octaves or you can practice your runs or it and in all keys or your double octaves your double or, octaves, or third, octaves, whatever yeah. it is yeah. i was fortunate when i grew up i played all the it etudes from two nine before 299 and then 740 and after that also kramer and below studies and before that before the first service there was bush miller and uh, I played all of those etudes. I must say I had a good foundation. But today the children—they are so busy. If you enrol them for a Unisa exam, they—they they hardly learn the three pieces. And I find that uh, very sad. Yeah. They must play, but they don't have time.
0: Yeah. There's so many things for them There's to do. There's so
1: many things and so much homework. And I don't know why they must do so much homework, but they, they have homework. So,
0: Well, we all have to do homework. You have to do homework before yep. you play.
1: That's right. Uh, we
0: have to do homework before we sing or mm-hmm. before we broadcast programs. It's it's all got to happen. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock, and my guest tonight was Susan Swanepoel, who's been around for many years and will be around for many years still, <laughs> accompanying... Mainly in Pretoria, but she still, do you still travel around a bit?
1: Yes. 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 I, uh, last year I went to Kimberley and I go to Joburg sometimes. You
0: don't yeah. examine for UNISA?
1: I you? did. You did? I did. I did for many years. In your spare time? Yeah, in my spare time. Yeah, I always had to take leave to go and do that. I did that actually for about 20 years. I examined for UNISA. Also very interesting. Meeting interesting people, seeing talent, you know. And uh, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoy everything about music.
0: Well, that's wonderful. And, And that's come across in this interview that you're really enthusiastic about what you do. And there we are. That's it for tonight. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Sohail for helping us put the program together. And until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.
1: Good night. People of Note with Richard Cock.